0: save your virtual seat at grow and email list.com. inside of my free live workshop. You'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media. My secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at grow and email list.com. That's grow email to get started with an email list list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Play, like have fun with your emails, try new things, experiment. This is one of my favorite things about email communication because it's you showing up directly inside of someone's inbox. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I try to live without regrets, you know, like you live and you learn and boy, have I ever learned. I know I talk about it all the time, but it's because it's the thing I wish I would have known in my early, early entrepreneur days, that it doesn't matter what kind of business you're operating. It doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur, if you have a team of 20, it doesn't matter what kind of social media presence you have. The true power to harness your audience lies in email lists. Now, if you've been around here a little while, you already know my affinity for email marketing. But if you're new, hi and welcome, email lists are kind of my thing. I really think they are the sexiest part of your marketing strategy and the piece of your business puzzle that tells me the health of your business. So if you haven't started, launched, served, or scaled your own email list, then listen up. Maybe you're thinking, but Jenna, I'm rocking it on social media, or you're thinking, how could I possibly add one more thing to my already filled plate? Let's quick discuss why email lists matter. Your email list is your own space to speak one-on-one with your community, unlike social media where you A, don't own the platforms or the followers, B, can't be confident that your followers are even seeing what you're posting, and C, you have to hope and pray that people eventually click away from the social media scroll and onto your website, your offers, blog posts, or whatever you're trying to push them to. Now, on the other hand, your email list offers you these opportunities for sweet and direct conversations with the people who are most interested in your brand and what you have to offer. And I don't care if you have 100 subscribers or 10,000, those people, they opted into your list for a reason and they're who you want to nurture and serve and pay attention to most earnestly. Like, mark my words. But... What if you're still finding your stride with your email list or you've taken an accidental hiatus and your list has gone a little stale? Or maybe you're addicted to checking the numbers after sending out an email and womp womp, the love letters that you're crafting just aren't converting or you're getting hung up anytime someone unsubscribes from your list. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most integral parts, which is getting your email list read. I'm going to equip you with the tools to make sure every time someone hears that little, you've got mail voice in their head and sees an email from you land in their inbox, they are stoked to open it and read it. Oh, And P.S., if you're still stuck in the phase of, I know I need an email list, but I seriously have zero clue on where to start or how to do it or where to send people to even sign up, head to listbuildchallenge.com and join my totally free five-day list building mini course that walks you through step-by-step. Yes, there are even tech tutorials awaiting you. Again, that is listbuildchallenge.com to get started. All right, let's dive on in onto the show. The first thing to note is that pretty much every email provider out there provides your open rate information, meaning the amount of your list that opened the email that you sent. And so you want to start poking around into the analytics to see where you're at. Now, trust me, I love digging into the analytics too, and they can be so eye-opening for knowing what to send and how to adjust your strategy. But one thing you cannot, cannot, cannot do is take them personally. Let the equations and the numerical evidence provide insight without pulling your emotions in too deeply. The numbers are merely just hints as you adjust and experiment with your email list. While those numbers give you concrete evidence in how your email marketing is doing, I want for you to look at them more so as indicators that can help you shift something in a way that will yield greater results. Let those numbers guide you, but not dictate you. And if you're refreshing your analytics and not liking what you see, know that those numbers don't mean that it's just time to up and quit your email list and try something else. Trust me, if you have an email list to begin with, that's half the battle and you're doing something right. So what we want to focus on is our open rate. Again, this is the percentage of your list that opens and reads your emails. Email is a powerful tool, but it is way more powerful when you get people who are eager to open what you've sent. If you can get to a good range with your open rate, then you should feel pretty confident about your email marketing efforts. So maybe you're thinking, well, what is a good range? Experts say that we should aim to have between a 15 to 25% open rate to indicate healthy email performance. I like to air a little bit higher and aim for 30 to 35%, but I want for you to kind of understand that that's a ballpark we're aiming for. So if you have a hundred people on your list, you're doing pretty dang well. If 15 to 25 of them open up your emails, that's just up to a quarter of your email list that needs to open on up. And occasionally that number might spike or dip, but the goal to aim for is an average of 15 to 25% for that open rate. So what do you do if you're consistently below that marker? Like I said, don't stress out, this is totally fixable and outable, as my friend Marie Forleo would say. Everything in business can shift by playing with new strategies and techniques, and today I'm going to walk you through a few methods for improving your open rate, aka getting those love letters seen by the people who need to see them. And while we'll talk about the importance of subject lines, that's not the end-all be-all when it comes to open rates, so let's get into all the nitty-gritty tips and tricks you need to know about getting those emails opened up consistently. So first, let's look at the most obvious starting point, right? If someone's going to open your email, it's likely going to be because of the subject line. Now, like I mentioned, subject lines aren't the only determiner of whether or not your people will open up the email, but they certainly play a majorly significant role. So let me be real with you. If your subject lines stink, no one's going to want to see what's actually in the email itself. But like so many copywriting strategies, nailing subject lines takes some experimenting to find out what works for your brand, your audience, and your voice. The expert marketing platform and education service HubSpot shared this article that said that 35% of email recipients open emails based on the subject lines alone. What's more, Emails that use the first name of the recipient in the subject line have higher open rates than those that don't, and 56% of brands that use subject lines with emojis have higher open rates. So funny, right? But it makes sense when you think about it. Our eyes are drawn to two things, especially in such a word-heavy platform like our email inboxes, and those things are images and our own name. We love personalization, and it feels like a more intimate exchange when our name is being used. I mean, if you see a subject line with a dancing lady emoji and your name included, your eyes will naturally be drawn to it and immediately feel more inclined to open the email because of that personalization and the fun details. So no, you don't have to be an expert copywriter to come up with incredible subject lines. You just want to play with these two ideas and see what happens. As for the actual verbiage of the subject line, I found that intrigue works best. We as humans, we curious by nature. Don't give away everything in this little preview of what's inside of the email, but use the subject line as a hook that will make your subscribers want to click open and see what's coming. These are similar techniques that we use for podcast episode titles and for blog titles. You want to use that same strategy throughout all of your marketing efforts and the same goes for subject lines. Some good ways to do this compellingly is to ask specific questions like, hey, first name, did you know this about your Enneagram type? Or to tease what's inside of the email with the subject line like, you'll never believe what happened to me last Friday, or my husband actually asked me this question. Leave a little mystery, have fun with them, and don't overthink it. When I'm super stumped, I'll write the full email itself and leave the subject line for last, and then I'll ask myself, What would I want to see in my own inbox that would make me want to open up and read it based on what I'm delivering in the actual email copy? You don't have to have some crazy formula, though there are certainly some amazing ones out there. You just need to know your audience well enough to know what their likes and interests and intrigues are, and then work on using those as the hint to build up that suspense. On the topic of the subject line, a strong intro line to the email is vital. So the first line of the email is what shows up as a preview of the email, you know, that line that appears right after the subject line when you're looking at your inbox. So while a lot of weight is carried in the subject line, that very first sentence is equally as important, if not more important, and acts as almost this secondary subject line if you think about it. So many people forget that we all get this little preview here, and this is Word Real Estate Heaven. Just like you want to create some mystery and fun in the subject line, you want to keep that going into the intro. Ask an interesting question. Lay the groundwork for a crazy story or call out something important that readers need to know. So many people waste this opportunity here and they just kick an email off that feels so generic. It's obvious that it's a mass email. These first 20 to 24 words will show up as a preview if someone checks their email on a desktop. So you want to make sure that this precious real estate makes someone want to open up and see what else is inside. Now, while we're talking about what's inside, I just want to share a pro tip that many people forget is that you want these emails to feel personal. Just as someone loves to see their name in a subject line, we want this connection point, this interaction that can feel one-to-one, not one-to-many. So practice writing to just one person, not just in this part of your email, but in all of your email copy and make it as personal as you possibly can. Make it feel like it's handwritten to one person and that you couldn't help but share this detail or story with them in mind. Writing in vague or very little detail to the masses or even using plural phrases like hey you guys or hi friends can make emails seem so much less personal and in turn they carry less impact and drive less results. But when you can infuse a person's first name and speak directly to them singularly, you are dialing into a conversation more than just making them feel like they're one in a crowd and it will drive greater results for you when it comes to email marketing. Now, on that note, make sure that you're showing up consistently in the inboxes of your email friends. I get it. Consistency is probably one of the most challenging pieces of any content creation, be it for email or social media or your podcast or your blog. But consistency is queen when it comes to building relationships and trust with your audience. You don't need to send emails three times a week at the exact same time each day you do it, but aim for once a week or even every other week on the same-ish day so that your audience begins to know and trust you and they know that they can expect when they'll hear from you and with what sort of information. If we want to get into more of the nitty-gritty consistency piece, did you know that according to 10 email marketing studies, Tuesday is the best day of the week to send emails, Plus, well over half of adults check their email immediately after waking up, which I know is kind of sad, but totally true. And I am 100% guilty of this too. So if you're not sure how to build a consistent schedule for emailing, start there. Schedule emails to go out on Tuesday mornings first thing and just see what that does to your analytics. Or maybe you can just say, screw that advice altogether. Maybe you're like, Jenna, I know my audience and I know that they're way more active on their email in the evenings or on the weekends or on Monday afternoons. If you already have this insight or you know your user habits with confidence, then awesome. Use that valuable information to your advantage. But the point is to pick a time and day and just stick to it. Show up, no excuses. I personally love to batch email content creation and knock out a month or so of newsletters at one time so that my team and I can get them all prepared and tested and scheduled to send out on the corresponding dates. And maybe that's what you need to do too in order to create a schedule that's easy for you to commit to and stick with. Batch working allows us to see the overarching strategy to what we're doing for that entire month and allows us to write out our content to make sure that we're serving and educating in a way that reaches our audience and makes our emails valuable to them. If you've never tried it, I double dare you to sit down and just map out and write out one month's worth of emails and just see how it feels. Think about it. You're probably responding to 10, 20, maybe even 30 emails a day. What would it look like if you just strategically sat down and wrote four of them? Like It'll help you create consistency and cohesiveness in your messaging while giving you the confidence of knowing that your strategy is being executed throughout the communications for that month. And the best part is, is that you can set it and forget it. Either way, once you begin appearing in your people's inboxes, same time and place, they'll get used to you showing up then and there, and it builds a level of consistency and trust that, yep, you guessed it, helps get your emails opened more regularly. Whatever you do, just don't be that person that only reaches out when you have something for sale and then disappears again until the next time you're pitching something. Email lists work because they give you an intimate opportunity to serve, 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 and then invite your audience into an offer. It literally earns you the right to sell. The next way to ensure your emails are getting opened has to do with who it is you're sending them to. My question for you is this, is your email list segmented? Meaning, do you know what your subscribers are interested in? Do you have separate categories that tell you what someone signed up for, thus what they are likely curious about or wanting to learn more about? These are called segments where you have these little internet containers for who's who on your email list. If every single email you write goes to every single person on your list, your open rates will likely suffer. We open and engage with content that's most relevant to us, right? Like, think about your own user habits. You don't open every single generic email that's clearly intended for everyone and their dog in your inbox, and you certainly don't open the ones that have zero relevance to you. In fact, these are the emails you likely ultimately unsubscribe from or hit the spam button on, and we do not want any of that for our own emails that we're sending out, do we? Segmenting your list into smart categories can be so, so beneficial for your health and your results of your email list. In fact, my company's pop up provider, Optimonster, shared in an article that 39% of marketers with segmented lists experience higher open rates and 28% experience lower unsubscribe rates. That's a big reason to split up your list, if you ask me. And a simple way to do it is by looking at subscriber behaviors. For example, If someone bought a product from you, you would send them different emails than those who haven't purchased anything yet. Another way to do this is based on demographics, things like where people live, their interests, subjects they care about, or what they do for a living. It also allows you to not over-promote to people who might not be interested or try to sell the same offer to someone who has already been a customer of yours. Can you see how segmenting can help the integrity of your list and help your emails truly provide the value the subscriber was hoping for when they handed over their email address? One of the best ways to segment your list is through... I don't know if you'll guess it quizzes. So not only do quizzes give someone this epic reason to subscribe to get their results by giving you their email address, but they also give you a chance to ask a few meaningful questions peppered into your quiz that give you the insight needed to segment your audience in a way that will allow you to communicate and meet their needs or meet them where they're at on a whole new level. I've gotten over 90,000 new email subscribers from just one quiz alone. And it's a huge way that we both grow my list, but also segment it. Our favorite quiz platform is Interact. You can check them out at jennalovesinteract.com. And I believe if you use the code Gold Digger, you can also save 15% off your subscription. Again, that's jennalovesinteract.com and the code Gold Digger. You can go and make your first quiz totally for free. And not only is it going to be an epic list builder, but it's going to help you segment your list in a meaningful way. Segmenting your list allows you to further tailor the content to match what your subscribers need, which again, builds more trust with them. They'll be more likely to open emails that make sense for their needs and interests. Next up, I want for you to be sure that you do what I love to call a list scrub once or twice a year. It's a simple but often overlooked piece of managing your email list. It's scrubbing it. Yes, doing a good old-fashioned spring cleaning of your subscribers. And it might sound a little harsh, but it's really not. Over time, people change email addresses or may no longer have a need for what you're offering, and that's okay. It's important to look at the health of your email list, and that means making sure that your subscribers are engaging with your content. To keep your email list active and healthy, it's a good idea to look through your subscribers one or two times a year or even once a quarter to see who hasn't engaged with your emails for the last six months or longer. Since many email providers charge you per your list size, it's also a wise way to save money because you don't want to be paying to send out emails to people who don't care or don't read them. You can either remove people from your list or even send a short re-engagement email to check in before letting them know that you'll be removing them, assuming that they don't want to get your emails any longer. A re-engagement email just looks like what you think it would. Tell them you've noticed they haven't opened or engaged with your emails lately. Ask them if they need something specific from you and let them know if you don't hear back soon, you'll kindly remove them from your list and free up space in their inbox. You can also send out a survey to these cold subscribers to see if there's something you're missing or if you'd rather just delete them right off of your list. It's totally personal preference here, but the point is to only keep active, interested subscribers on your list, which will definitely boost your open rates and the overall health of your email list. Now, finally, do not be afraid to get creative sometimes and keep things super simple other times. Look, There are truly no hard and fast one-size-fits-all rules for sending successful email campaigns. There are suggestions like using emojis and subject lines or sending out your emails on Tuesday mornings, but at the end of the day, you know your audience best. You know what they like, what annoys them, and what they need. So, sometimes that might mean a plain text email with no graphics or visuals, just a personalized love note to drop a word of encouragement or ask a question. Or other days, you might want to throw in hilarious friends' gifts or a video of your latest project. As a related side note, remember that preview text that we were talking about earlier? Try not to lead your email off with a graphic because sometimes email providers show up in inboxes with a tag that leads off saying contains image or a preview of your image number will show up instead of words that let someone know why they should open up. So just be aware that when your emails have any sort of visuals, sometimes those previews can make people assume they're spam. So if you're a GIF lover or an always photo sharer, just try dropping them out occasionally to see if your open numbers or results improve. Oh, and speaking of spam, I know someone is going to ask this, so I want to beat you to it. Yes, spam filters are real, and yes, sometimes our well-thought-out content can land us in spam land. It's something that we try to avoid at all costs, so I thought I'd share that we use this program. It's called Glock Apps, G-L-O-C-K Apps that tests our emails for deliverability to help us not land in spam filters. And it offers recommendations on swaps to make in order to get your emails open. So it'll have flags that'll tell you if you remove this part, it'll actually get your email opened more. So if you suspect that you've gotten a problem with landing in a lot of your subscribers junk folders, it may be worth looking into. And I know that they do offer a free trial for new users. It could be a good way to just gain some insight and knowledge and see the recommendations for your emails or just learn a few new tricks of the trade. Even if you only use it for a short period of time, I'm sure that you'll learn something new. The last thing I want to encourage you to do is just play, like have fun with your emails, try new things, experiment. This is one of my favorite things about email communication because it's you showing up directly inside of someone's inbox. You don't have to worry about everyone in the world seeing your experiments like they would on social media, just people who already know, trust, and engage with you regularly. We actually did this three-part email series during a launch earlier this year, and it was a totally new method for me. I sat down and wrote out this juicy story about something that had actually happened and dripped it out over the course of three emails, with each one ending in a sort of cliffhanger. Because we've never tried it, I wasn't really sure if my audience would love or hate it, but that's the beauty of testing. And spoiler, people loved it, and we got tons of responses each day begging for the next bits of content, and our open rates totally went up. So don't be afraid to try things out. Be willing to make mistakes. Let the results speak to you and allow you to pivot, tweak, or get creative. You can gauge the response and figure it out as you go. So there you have it, a deep dive into open rates. I hope you learned something new today when it comes to getting your emails read. Don't be afraid to stray from the status quo. If you always use the same template or format in your emails, switch it up. This is my permission. If your emails take forever to prep because they're so graphically complicated, try sending out something silly simple and see how it does. Most importantly, keep in mind that people want to feel heard and want to feel like they matter. If you can consistently create that feeling with your subject lines and content matter inside of the emails, you'll gain that trust from your subscribers and they'll want to open your emails again and again. Now, I feel like it'd be a rookie mistake here to not invite you onto my list after all this hype. So if you want to get my little notes each week and you want to check out that quiz that got me 90,000 leads, head to secretsaucequiz.com and you can take my quick and free quiz to figure out how you can own your awesome. And that'll get you on my email list so that you can study what I do so that I can drop into your inbox excitedly each and every single week. Again, that is secretsaucequiz.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.